Life Audio. Thank you for joining us for Sound Reasoning with Christian apologist and minister Perseus Poku of Sound Reasoning Ministries. It's our prayer that today's program will educate, train, and empower you to defend your Christian faith with confidence. Perseus has his bachelor's in history and a master's degree in apologetics. We hope you enjoy this time of equipping so that you can answer questions to defend your Christian faith effectively. Now here's Perseus Poku on Sound Reasoning. Welcome to Sound Reasoning. I'm your host, Perseus Poku. On today's episode, we want to discuss or answer the question, how should Christians think? How should Christians think? And after a word from our sponsors, we'll get started on the topic today. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. When we accept Jesus Christ, um, he requires a certain way of cerebral processing for his converts. So, in other words, God wants us to think differently once we become Christians. So, when we look at passages such as Philippians, the second chapter, where Paul writes, Uh, In verse 5, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. So verse 5, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. When we become Christians, we can't behave the same way. We can't uh, avail our minds to the same things. Uh, Our minds are like magnets. They pick up things, and there are certain things that we should not pick up. So as Christians, we have to deliberate differently. We have to make decisions differently. Uh, We have to uh, renew our mind Uh, We have to turn it over to God and allow him to fill our minds with righteous things and not the things uh, that are earthly, not the things that are natural. So we have to allow God to shape our minds, to renew our minds, to keep our minds focused on things that are holy. So the one thing we should always remember is life comes with it choices 
that are very difficult. And not every decision that we have to make is simple. We, 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 we are faced with so many challenges in this life. Dealing with family, dealing with job, dealing with health, dealing with finance, dealing with rejection, dealing with neglect, dealing with uh, uh, just sexual pro- uh, proclivities, dealing with identity. We, we, there's so much in this life we have to deal with and, and we have to make decisions on. And God tells us that he wants us to seek his face about all things. In all situations, God wants us to seek his face because uh, the, 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 the flesh is notoriously unreliable. You can't trust the flesh. You can't trust your carnal mind. You can't trust uh, the, 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 the worldliness that exists in us. Uh, that must be filtered by the word of God. And through the power of the Holy Spirit, we are able to resist the devil and not do things that will upset our God or hinder our spiritual walk. The flesh will never be pleased. So when we make decisions outside of the will of God, we are invariably leaning on the flesh. Do not lean unto your own understanding, but in all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. And this question of how Christians should think is part of Christian ethics. Christian ethics doesn't deal with what's being done. It deals with what ought to be done. There are a lot of people doing things in the name of Jesus that has nothing to do with Jesus. Every decision that we make must be done through a hermeneutical aspect. And remember, hermeneutics means the science and art of biblical interpretation. There are rules to how we uh, read the Bible, how we interpret the Bible, and what we read shapes our ideology. It it shapes our pedagogy. It shapes how we treat one another. And all the devil needs is a bad interpretation to make something that shouldn't be done glorified. Again, uh, if you don't believe me, look at Uh, the situation that happened in Guyana with Jim Jones. Look at uh, the Branch Davidians in Texas and David Koresh. Look at the Heaven's Gates cult. Look at all these people that lost their lives, that lost uh, their trust, all these people that lost their finances because they listened to snake talk, because they listened to leaders who are not of God, but who put on the form of godliness in order to entice these people away from the true and authentic God. They made bad decisions in their pursuit of trying to find out who God is. So decisions have consequences, and we must make sure that we minimize uh, the bad decisions that we all make. We all can be prone to making a bad decision when we're not Uh, hearing God correctly. So please keep in mind uh, that if we think Christian, if we think biblical, we're able to minimize the number of mistakes that we make in life. Uh, The more we grow in in God, the more uh, we increase in wisdom, we learn how to navigate the pitfalls of this society, the pitfalls of life. So Christian ethics or Christian mores um, is based on God's will. 
we have a moral obligation that flows from its nature. It's based on God's revelation through the Bible. And since moral uprightness is prescribed by a moral God, it then becomes prescriptive, meaning that it's binding upon all men and women to follow what God has given us through his Bible. So if you want to know how to think biblical, how to think Christian, read and study the Bible. And when you study the Bible, follow the rules of hermeneutics. That's what we're talking about, following the rules of hermeneutics. Believers who subscribe to uh, a Christian uh, worldview, they're able to not succumb to the ills of the society. We, we won't be tricked as easily when we follow the rule book. One of the things that I've noticed recently is uh, these telemarketers who call and um, they, they, they call your cellular phones and they, if you still have a home phone, they may call you on your home phone and they try to get you or entice you to purchase something that you, number one, can't afford or number two, you have no interest in. And they do not care about your finances. They just want to sell or for you to uh, give away your money. And sometimes they're good causes, but you know that you can't afford it. You already uh, given in other areas. You already donating to other organizations, but they want you to uh, let go of your pocketbook just so they can have another uh, client or, or check it off on their list. But we have to be disciplined enough to know that we have to be gentle as a dove, but yet as savvy as a serpent. And that's how God wants us to be. We're in this existence where uh, not everybody has your best interests at heart. There are people in this society who wake up trying to take advantage of you. So our decision making has to be biblical. Those of us who follow Jesus, we, got, we, we, we must learn how to deal with life issues from a Bible-based perspective. What is right? What is wrong? Uh, some people say it is not exclusively based on, on what makes us feel good or what works. Remember that. Uh, just because something works doesn't necessarily mean it's of God. The world is constantly changing its position as it relates to uh, a myriad of issues. However, the word of God does not change. God's word is constant and it serves as our ruler for righteousness. Think about that. God's word is constant and it serves as our plumb line or ruler for righteousness. Let us take a break to recognize our sponsors and we'll be right back. Look what Paul wrote when he was writing to Timothy. He said, mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to the appearance, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of good 
having a form of godliness but denying its power, having nothing to do, uh, have nothing to do with such people in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 through 5. That sounds so much like the society we live in today. The scriptures are being fulfilled. We are in the last days, according to Paul. When confronted by questions regarding our faith, our first response should not be, I think or I feel. What we think or feel really should not be the first response. Our initial response should be the Bible says or the word of God says. Why? Because Jesus did it. Jesus, when he was tempted by the devil, he said, it is written that man should not live by bread alone. It is written, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. And he just kept on responding back to the devil's uh, advancements with the scripture. We likewise, if we're going to make good decisions, if we're going to fight back spiritually, if we're going to be effective in the spiritual war that we're in, we have to fight back. We have to fight back. But how do we fight back? We fight back with the word of God. Nothing else. We fight back with the word of God. Even when we are tempted, even when we are uh, not totally clear, fight back with the word of God. But before we can fight back with God's word, we have to know God's word. We have to write it on the tables of our heart. We have to bind it around our neck. Think of it this way. We should not want our doctors to tell us the truth, even if it hurts our feelings. Right? Nobody will want a doctor like that if uh, you had a doctor that didn't want to tell you the truth. Uh, They only wanted to uh, spare your feelings and not tell you the truth, even though you may have a terminal illness. We don't want those type of doctors. But God tells us the truth, so we seek his face when we make hard decisions. Let's look at the Bible in terms of some case studies. Um, Jacob, Israel... Right, that was his his latter name. Um, he was tempted, and he had to make decisions. Jacob, in an attempt to secure his birthright, uh, stolen from Esau, engages in deception. He conspires with his mother Rebecca to deceive Isaac. Genesis chapter twenty-seven. So here we here we go. There's a dilemma. How do you handle dilemma? Do you lie like Jacob did, or do you lean on God? And even though there's consequences, negative consequences, will you still tell the truth? Let's look at another case study. Abraham lies about Sarah. In Genesis 12, Abraham and his wife Sarai at that time planned a trip to Egypt. He surmised that due to his wife's beauty, the Egyptians will most likely kill him and take his wife. So as a result, he wanted Sarai to tell them that she was his sister instead of his wife. Uh, Read Genesis 10, 12 through 17. In addition, read the parallel narrative found in Genesis 20, 1 through 7, detailing Abraham's dealing with Abimelech. So Abraham, when it was convenient for him, he was prone to lying, especially about his wife. And God uh, doesn't want us to lie when it's convenient for us, right? God uh, doesn't want us to be disingenuous just because it's convenient for us. And yes, God uh, still used Abraham, but again, this story, this narrative is showing us that when we do make a mistake, 
God can still uh, clean us up and use us. We, we can still be profitable for God, but we shouldn't premeditate sinning. Let me say that again. We should not decide or make telling lies a part of our ethos, a part of our mores, a part of our ethics. Lying is not of God. But if we fall, he's faithful to forgive us of our wrong. We don't premeditate sinning. If you fall into sin, God will clean it up, cast your sin as far from the east as it is from the west. He'll help you. He'll restore you. But don't make it a practice of lying or being deceptive because then it's an indication that the Holy Spirit may not have his hands on you. And if the Holy Spirit doesn't have his hands on you, you may not be connected. Anyone who can habitually sin and premeditate sin is showing others that they're not connected to God. Let's look at another case study. Solomon's moral dilemma. One day Solomon, who was the wisest man that ever lived, he faced a dilemma. The issue centered around the two mothers who were laying claim to the same baby. They both argued that the same child belonged to them. Solomon was able to settle the issue in the most unorthodox but effective way. For you all that remember this story in 1 Kings chapter 3, verse 16 through 28, um, it was this issue of another mother trying to take the birth mother's baby. And Solomon settled it in the wisest way. He knew that the birth mother would never cause harm or permit harm to that baby. So he said, let's cut up the baby. We'll give one to you and one to this other mother. And the birth mother said, no, I'd rather she keep the baby than us cause harm to the baby. And Solomon then knew who the real mother was because the real mother would never want to cause harm to the baby. Then we look at the story of David and Bathsheba. This narrative begins like a contemporary movie. During the time when kings or generals went to war, um, Israel, the king of Israel, rather, who was David, decided to take a day off. During his time of complacency, during this time of retreat, he stumbles upon an attractive woman. He desires to possess this woman, which leads to an unintended consequence for the rest of David's reign. David decided to take another man's wife. Furthermore, he attempts to cover up this situation, which leads him to commit murder. 2 Samuel chapter 11. So the moral of this story is we never should take a day off. We should never uh, not be found doing what God has called us to do. It's during those moments that we decided to take a time out on our assignment that Satan increases his attacks on us, that Satan plants seeds in our mind, uh, have us reconsidering the things that we've been doing. So it's during that time when he should have been on the front lines with his men, David decided he wanted to take a vacation. And during that vacation, he became so relaxed that he became distracted by Bathsheba, thus leading to his downfall. The Bible says the sword after this, after uh, killing uh, Bathsheba's husband or conspiring to have him killed, the sword never left his house. We leave David. The last time we see him in the Bible, he's in the bed, and he sees an attractive woman, and he couldn't even touch her. 
because his time was up and because of the consequences, right? God can forgive you, but there are consequences. If you have um, a child out of wedlock, you, you, you have a child uh, at an early age, God will forgive you, but that child is still there. You still have to take care of the child. You still have to go through the inconvenience of uh, delaying what you wanted to do before you had that child. So God has forgiven you, but there's still consequences. In the same way, God forgives us, but there could be lingering consequences. But God will give you the strength to overcome. When you come to yourself, when you surrender yourself, when you f- forgive yourself, just like God has forgiven you, you can still go on to do great things for God. Joseph and Potiphar's wife. It's another case study in the Bible. In the book of 2 Samuel, we find one of the first recorded snapshots of sexual harassment. Joseph, being a man of God, was attending to his own affairs when the wife of his uh, boss, Potiphar, attempts to seduce him. How should he respond to sexual advances when he knew it was wrong? This narrative helped us to find the right path when things look bleak. Read 2 Samuel chapter 39. And we realize what David, uh, Joseph did. Joseph did not acquiesce. Joseph did not compromise his biblical ethics. Joseph ran. He ran. And, and he didn't even want to um, entertain what was being offered to him. Uh, many of us are faced with dilemmas of the flesh. But we, instead of giving in, we do have a choice. God will always prepare uh, a way out of no way for you to not have to sin. The question is, are we bold enough? Are we bold enough to believe in God, to trust in God, that he'll always find a way for us if we stand on our Christian ethics? Paul confronts Peter. It's another case study. Confrontation is often a hard thing for us to do. That's especially the case if we have to confront our own peer, our own colleagues, our our own co-laborer, our own church members. Paul had to confront Peter because the issue was very important. Peter was not being consistent as it related to his fellowship with the Gentiles. He would eat with them, but when certain Jews were around, he would not eat with them. He would, uh, and so Paul, uh, hearing about this practice, he challenged Peter in Galatians 2, verses 11 through 21. Eating with the Gentiles uh, wasn't a bad thing because he was there uh, not engaged in sinful um, habits. He wasn't engaged in uh, uh, sinful protocols. He was not sinning by being with the Gentile because they, they, they weren't uh, sinning. They were just eating. So uh, P, uh, Paul confronted Peter and challenged him and said, if it's good when we're not here to eat with these Gentiles, then uh, uh, why is it not good when we are here? So we can be around Gentiles. We can be around non-believers. But the question is, what are we doing once we're there? If we are um, engaging in sin, then no, you should not be around them because it's an indication that you're weak. Um, if, if we're engaged in doing the same bad things they're doing, we shouldn't be around them because that means that we're not strong enough to be a witness in front of them. 
So if we're able to be around Gentiles and share our faith with them and stand strong in the testimony and, 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 and be a witness to them, then God is okay with that. But if you know that you're not strong, if, if you know that you are uh, likely uh, going to compromise, then no, you shouldn't be around certain Gentiles. So, it, 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 again, it's not an easy thing. But when we have to uh, challenge or confront certain behavior from um, our brothers and sisters in Christ, it's not always an easy thing. Uh, we must be prayerful, and we, we can't uh, come with the judgmental uh, uh, motive or judgmental, men, judgmental mentality. We must be led by the Holy Spirit. We must have the love of God inside of our heart and their true well-being in our uh, heart and mind. And if we do that, God's get the glory, and most of the time it's received well. Uh, but make sure that your motive is right. Well, I hope this episode has helped you in considering how to think biblical. That's what God wants from us. He wants us to make wise decisions based on the Bible. We ask that you continue to pray for us. And as always, we need your monthly uh, financial support. If you can make a pledge, it'll help us do the great works that God has in front of us. Remember to do for the truth what so many people do for a lie. God bless. Thanks for listening to Sound Reasoning with apologist and minister Perseus Poku from Sound Reasoning Ministries. It's our prayer that today's lesson has equipped you to share and defend your Christian faith with boldness. Sound Reasoning Ministries offers training in apologetics, biblical studies, and systematic theology. Join in on discussions on Facebook at Sound Reasoning Ministries. For more information about the ministry, to send an email, ask a question, or support the ministry, visit online at srministries.org. That's srministries.org. Listen again next week at this same time. And remember, Titus 1.9 says, Hold firm to the trustworthy messages has been taught so that you can encourage others by sound doctrine and refute those who oppose it. Sound Reasoning Ministries, srministries.org. And as always, we would like to thank our friends at Life Audio. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. God looks at your heart, not your gene size. Do you know the verses yet still stress over your body? Oh, I get it. I was raised in church, but I struggled with food, eating disorders, and my body for decades. I'm Heather Creekmore, host of the Compared To podcast, where we talk about all things body image and comparison from a biblical perspective. We get real about the pressure to focus on appearance in a culture where looks seem to matter most. Whether you're wrestling wrinkles or battling the scale, Compared To Who is the show for you. You'll laugh a little and be encouraged a lot. If you're ready to stop comparing and start living, visit LifeAudio.com to listen and subscribe.